We all want freedom. That to me is our most people's highest value. You know, freedom to express yourself, freedom to be. And when you're living in clutter, you don't have freedom. Hey there, I'm Renee, a self-proclaimed shopaholic turned minimalist. In just three years, my family and I downsized our house, paid off debt, and I learned to make passive income online so I could work anytime, anywhere. We did all of this in pursuit of a life of more freedom, flexibility, and fun. And the crazy part is, the more I detached from my stuff, the more I was able to let go of pesky habits like people-pleasing, saying yes to everyone, and being who I thought I was supposed to be rather than showing up authentically as who I am. That's why I want you to see the Unstuffed podcast not as a place for all things decluttering and organizing, but rather as a place where together we can unload it all. From donating those pants that no longer fit to bidding adieu to those relationships that have run their course, I want you to see our time together as a time where you can unwind, let go, come as you are, and there is no need to apologize for the mess. So let's shed some layers, drop some dead weight, and start living a little less stuffed. Welcome to the Unstuffed Podcast. Hey there, it's me, Renee. Welcome back to the Unstuffed Podcast. Before we dive into today's amazing chat, I wanted to share one of the reviews that you guys left for me. Uh, This is from Jenny. It says, one of the highlights of my week. I look forward to this podcast. I never miss it. Renee is unbelievably relatable. Thank you so much, Jenny, for taking the time to leave this review. I love reading your guys' reviews. If you are a longtime listener of the podcast, please take the time to drop a review. Let me know how this is going for you. Not only do I love reading these, but I love being able to read them back and share them with you. Now, as we're diving into today's interview, I was able to sit down with Shelly Lefko. Shelly is an international speaker and belief eliminator extraordinaire. She's the co-founder and president of the Lefko Institute and the founder of Parenting the Lefko Way. So I have to tell you before we dive into this episode, I was so blown away uh, and kind of found myself speechless by all of the knowledge that Shelly had to share with me. So more than anything, this is an episode for listening, which sounds silly considering that we are on a podcast. However, if you can take this episode rather than a big knowledge dump as more of a time to really marinate in the words that she is saying, take the time to pause the episode when you need to so that you can connect with your own thoughts because Shelly does something so amazing through this through our time together where she really helps me break away some of the limiting beliefs that I have been carrying around. And you can do the same while you are tuning in throughout our conversation. So this is an amazing episode. You don't want to miss it and make sure you are allowing yourself the time to soak it all in. Hi, Shelly. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for having me, Renee. Yeah, welcome to the Unstuck Podcast. Um, for my audience who hasn't maybe heard of you yet, 
Do you want to give us a little intro and tell us about what you do? Sure. Um, I'm uh, Shelly Lefko, and uh, my business is um, helping people quickly and permanently eliminate. We'll, we'll talk about that a lot, but um, people come to me who have issues like clutter. You know, they they have clutter in the house or they have too much stuff or they don't want to, um, you know, it's hard for them to let go of things or downsize. But mostly people come to me because they procrastinate or they can't speak up for themselves or they get into relationships that don't work or their life is just not humming, you know. Um, so the philosophy of my company is that it's your beliefs about yourself and life most of which are unconscious, that totally determine our behavior, our emotions, and ultimately our reality. So any place in your life where you feel stuck, it's because you have beliefs. And I'll explain what I mean as we get into this, but a belief is a statement about reality that we hold as the truth. And we have beliefs about ourselves, about life, about money, about people, um, and those beliefs totally determine how our lives turn out. And it gives people a lot of power because once you eliminate the beliefs, you have tremendous freedom. But beyond that, anytime you get stuck, you know it's just beliefs and you can get rid of them. Um, so we have products, we have services. Um, I'm going to let everybody, um, going to give you a free gift where you can experience eliminating one of the most common beliefs for free. Um, we train people to do this. Um, we have products and we have private sessions and courses and all that. Oh, that sounds amazing. And has truly been something I've intentionally been working on for a decade because uh, it, it really is crazy how how hidden those kinds of things can be, those beliefs that we have. Uh, I feel like I continue to work and find them myself. But the thing is, I've kind of had to find them all myself. So, you know, I, I guess I would ask people, like, when people come to you and kind of feel in this stuck place, what's your kind of first go-to move or what, you know, how do you kickstart these things? <laughs> so first of all, awareness is the first step. It's you have to become aware that you have these beliefs. But I think that sometimes, you know, we, we take courses and we sit in therapy and we talk a lot and we know exactly what our beliefs might be and it doesn't get rid of them. Um, so when I work with people underlying certain patterns, so for instance, everybody has self-esteem beliefs. So the most common belief I work with is I'm not good enough. And um, uh, when you think about doing something, you don't think, I'm, you may think I'm not good enough, but it may present itself as you get distracted or you go on social media and, you know, you sit there and rather than, you know, getting unstuffed or downsizing or cleaning, you know, it's so interesting when my, my husband died seven years ago. And when he died, Renee, I had a house with, you know, a big house and every room was filled to the brim. And I decided I didn't want to own a home anymore. Um, 
and I wanted to live in an apartment. So I had to seriously downsize. And I saw how attached I was. And I had my two best friends flew in um, to help me. And my girlfriend would say, when was the last time you used this? You know, <laughs> I'd say, you know, when was the last time you wore this? You know, when was the last time? And, and I, it was like, you know, never. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so um, I had to do some work on what those things meant to me. And there's nothing wrong with being sentimental, but my belief that I had to save, you know, my husband had, you know, wore pink shirts. And so I had four of them. And I said, you only need one. So the first call of getting rid of stuff was just kind of just saying, okay, I only need one pink shirt and I only need one pair of this or one. That. And then, you know, I got rid of the belief that my, that he's in his clothes, you know, he's with me in spirit. I don't need his clothes. Right. <laughs> now I still have a couple of things, but, but my, you can see um, my background. I'm, you know, one of the people who can use my background because it's so clean. <laughs> it's so oh. People come in and they go, oh, my God, I want this. You know, it's very minimal. Um, and, um, you know, I park my car in my garage and I have everything. I went from a 3,000 square foot house to, you know, less than a thousand square feet apartment, foot apartment. Um, and I have what I need. Um, so. It feels good, you know, feels like you lost, you know, 20 pounds when you do it. And when you look at your beliefs, you want to say to yourself, what do I believe that has me holding on to things um, that weigh me down? You know, because we all want freedom. That to me is our most people's highest value, you know, freedom to express yourself, freedom to be. And when you're living in clutter, you don't have freedom. No, you truly don't. I love that because uh, it really can feel like, even though you're not physically carrying all of that stuff around with you, it can really weigh on you. And because, like you said, we uh, have these beliefs, we attach ourselves to our things uh, and give them more value and more weight than they really deserve or, you know, are able to, should really be able to control. Yeah. And I love that you spoke on sentimental clutter because that's a really big, probably one of the toughest things for people to let go of. So I guess if you had any recommendations or help for people on that process on how you did that, uh, that would be amazing. Cause I know so many people would benefit. Yeah. So there's, you know, there's just telling yourself that um, so let me, let me talk about the beliefs that really cause this problem. So if you grow up poor or you don't have enough, you tend to hold on to things because you, you believe, um, I have to hold on to this because I'll never get it again. Or, you know, um, beliefs like, um, I, I can't be trusted you know, to know what to throw out, or I'm not capable, you know, I'm not going to do it right. Um, or money is scarce and hard to get. So you might have money beliefs or beliefs about scarcity, 
and not being able to have what you need. Um, so when you think about, the first step would be when you think about downsizing or you thinking think about getting rid of stuff, what thoughts and feelings do you have? So just kind of close your eyes and think about what thoughts and feelings do you have? What comes up for you? So do you have any idea what was there for you? You know, for me, I think I could start here. I, when I got going, man, I really enjoyed the process of letting go, but I really was a very big sentimental clutterer. I I had memory boxes. I wanted to keep everything. And when I met my husband, I remember trying to show him through my memory box and going this, it was for real, like one of those pipe cleaners. (laughs) It was just, I was like this, there was something funny, but I, I don't remember what it is, but there was some reason that I held on to this pipe cleaner because of some memory. Um, and that really started stemming from, I had a grandparent on my, my father's side and a grandparent on my mom's side were diagnosed with Alzheimer's. So I had this big fear that I was going to forget everything. Perfect. So the belief would be, I need these things to remember, right? So when we go through the process and there might be a belief that you're going to get Alzheimer's and that's a great belief to get rid of. So the first question is, where did that belief come from? So in this case, it's, so say I'm going to get Alzheimer's, just say it. Uh, I'm going to get Alzheimer's. If, if I feel that I've shaken free from that belief, um, so that it actually feels kind of tough to say, and I don't want to say it. <laughs> That's how you know you have a belief. Okay. So uh, the first, that's right. Because that's just words. Right. Any belief is just words. We don't want to say it. Or we don't like to say it because we believe it. Because yeah. if you didn't believe it, you'd just say, I'm going to get Alzheimer's. That's ridiculous. Now, I knew you had that belief when I asked you to say it and you said it and you kept talking. You did not want to feel what it felt like to have that belief. No. So I want to show you something. Okay. okay. So everybody, if you're listening, I don't usually do this, but I'm going to do this. I'm going to take you through the process. And I don't, I, again, I don't usually do this on podcasts, but when I do, it's very powerful. So whatever your belief is. So again, think about when you don't want to let go of something, you, you know, you can have like, I have one box for each of my girls in the garage of memories. Neither of them are interested in having it. And I won't throw it out because I want them to have it. It's they're living their lives. The fact that they had a little puppet when they were kids is irrelevant to them. They don't, my my daughter in Hawaii does not want stuff. She's not a stuff person. She is the extreme minimalist. And my other daughter has a beautiful home, you know, 2,500 square foot home. She doesn't want it. It's just like, yeah, that happened. (laughs) Okay. So we don't want to live in the past, right? So holding on to a couple of things that you want to go through pictures. Yes. 
you know, you want to go through an album or you want to go through absolutely. But all that, oh, this matchbook, you know, I remember when I went out with so-and-so, it's just like, no. Yeah. (laughs) We're going to maybe look at it, maybe look at it once or twice before you die. So what? The memories are in you. They're not in that stuff. Right. Right. So if everybody, you can have a belief. I'm now the belief I always do is I'm not good enough. Yeah. That's not a necessarily a correlated belief with not getting rid of stuff, but everybody has that belief. So if you don't have one, you can use that. So I'm going to get Alzheimer's. So we're going to first look at what is the source of the belief? Like, where did it come from? And with you, your grandmother had, your grandparents on both sides had it, right? Right. So with everybody listening, where did you get the belief money is scarce and hard to get? Or if I throw away something, I'm going to make a mistake or I'm not going to have it or I'm never going to get it again. You know, um, uh, whatever belief you're working on, look at where did that belief come from? Let's take a minute. Okay, now we're going to play a game, Renee, and the game is called Valid Interpretations. And we're going to make believe that we're watching a video of your childhood and we see your grandparents on both sides get Alzheimer's. And you say, well, I'm going to get it. What's another interpretation that would explain those events just as well? I suppose just besides the only thing I can think of right away is just saying that they got Alzheimer's and just kind of leaving it at that. But that doesn't mean you will. Right. Is that a valid interpretation? Yeah. Good. And there's a lot of evidence coming out now that how you eat makes a difference. And maybe they ate a lot of processed foods or they ate a lot of things they shouldn't eat. And that's why they got Alzheimer's. Is that a valid interpretation? Yeah. And so something that's helped me too, maybe, is they were both very anxious people. And I... So I've told myself it was their anxiety that that's what. Perfect. So that's a valid interpretation that they were anxious people and that interfered with their ability to think and or or cause the Alzheimer's. But that doesn't mean that you have to get it. You can take up meditation or you can learn something I'm going to teach you in a minute and not be anxious ever again. Is that a valid interpretation? Yeah, and that sounds amazing. Let's do it. (laughs) We're going to do that. I'm going to teach everybody how to do that. So they might have lived lives that contributed to their getting Alzheimer's, but that doesn't mean you have to. Maybe they had shitty beliefs and they got Alzheimer's because of their beliefs. Is that a valid interpretation? Yeah. Good. Because our beliefs do manifest, which is why I want to get rid of this belief with you. I've had many, many sessions where people had beliefs that something was going to happen to them because it happened in their families and they got rid of the beliefs and it didn't happen to them. So if there are other valid interpretations, is what you said, I'm going to get Alzheimer's, the truth, or one valid interpretation? Uh, an interpretation. Great. Now, everybody listening, this is how you get rid of a belief. 
doesn't it seem like as a child you saw I'm going to get Alzheimer's? Yeah. Good. It was a deep belief. Yeah. Deep fear. Yeah. Did you ever see I'm going to get Alzheimer's? Nope. (laughs) So anything you could see has a color, shape, and location, right? If you look around the room, everybody, anything you could see has a color, shape, and location, right? Right. You can't see into the future. You can't see a belief. Right. So what did you see? Just besides I saw them. I saw their journey. You saw your your grandparents get Alzheimer's. Yeah. Good. Where was I'm going to get it? I was something I was told more, you know, that was fear that was passed down to me. Someone saying you have it coming at you from both sides. Perfect. So you can see people telling you that you're going to get it. Yes. But where was it's true? Nowhere, I guess. (laughs) Well, if it wasn't out there to be seen, where was it? I mean, I guess I felt it inside. Nope. I'm going to show you where that feeling came from in a minute. Where was I'm going to get Alzheimer's? In my head? That's right. You made that up in your head. That was the only place that belief ever existed. Yeah. So everybody listening, whatever belief you have, you didn't see it. You saw certain people saying certain things, certain things happening. You saw your parents not having money. You saw people taking things away from you. So there's a belief. I have to hold on to things in order to have power. Because when you were a kid, people took things from you. That's another hoarder's belief, right? I have to hold on to things in order to be safe. You know, maybe you felt unsafe when you didn't have things around you. So you never saw your belief. All you saw was events. I'm going to make a distinction. And this is the most powerful distinction you'll probably ever make. Consequences versus meaning. So the consequences of people telling you that and seeing your grandparents have it was fear, right? That was one of the consequences. I'm not minimizing consequences, okay? I work with sexual abuse victims a lot. There's consequences to that happening. But I'm going to ask you a question, and I don't want you to answer it. I just want you to sit with it. What does it really mean that your grandparents got Alzheimer's and people told you you would? Everybody, everybody listening, do this with me. If you're in a room and somebody you know comes in and doesn't speak to you, what might you automatically think? That they don't like me. <laughs> they don't like me. Some of you said they're rude. Some of you said they did. They are preoccupied. Um, 
I did something wrong. Whatever you said in answer to my question, where did that meaning come from? In your head, exactly. So all meaning is in your head. If meaning is in your mind, in your head, do events have inherent meaning? No. Events have no meaning. My husband died. That doesn't mean I'll never be happy again. I'll never love again. I'm going to starve to death. The events have no meaning. And another way of saying that is you don't know anything for sure because something happens. Yeah. So what does it mean that your grandparents had Alzheimer's and some people told you you're going to get it? The first thought that comes to my mind is that those people saying it, that was just their belief. All meaning comes from your mind. Yeah. So if meaning is in your mind, do events have meaning? No. So what does it mean that your grandparents got Alzheimer's? Nothing. So this is very, very, very big. Events have no inherent meaning. We don't know anything for sure because anything happened. So it's not that it doesn't matter or it's no big deal. I hate that your grandparents got Alzheimer's. It's horrible, but it doesn't mean anything. And the fact that people say you're going to get it doesn't mean anything either. Because I know doctors tell people you're going to die of cancer and they don't. Or you're going to have three weeks to live and they live 10 years. So events, so the events have no meaning. Okay. I'm getting it. I was struggling with the people telling me that was their fear, but I suppose that's meaning I'm giving. Totally. You don't know. I don't know. That's right. My kids went to an alternative school where they had no grades, no tests, and no homework for nine years. And people used to say to me, they're never going to get into college. They're not going to, what's going to happen to your kids? The fact that that happened did not mean my daughter would not get into one of the top hardest universities in the country and graduate Scholar Athlete of the Year. Wow. Yeah. And my other daughter lives happily in Hawaii and has the most amazing life. She was a big wave surfer. She's raising her child there. She's jumped out of a plane 150 times. So my kids are doing pretty well. Yeah. (laughs) Everybody told me, you're making a big mistake. So the fact that they said that has no inherent meaning. Now, here's the last step. Doesn't it seem like The events, whatever you're working on, your parent, your grandparents getting Alzheimer's made you feel like you were going to get it. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like the events make us feel things. Can events that have no meaning make you feel anything? No. No. So if you're walking down the street and a man walks past you and it has no meaning, what are you going to feel? Nothing. If you give it the meaning he's dangerous, what will you feel? Scared. If you give it the meaning he'll protect me, what will you feel? Safe. Good. So events 
that have no meaning can't make you feel anything. And this is how I'm going to give you all the ability to get rid of any negative emotion in the moment. So what made you feel like you were going to get Alzheimer's? I told myself I've had that fear in my mind that, yeah. What made you have the fear? Internally telling myself it over and over again. It's not over and over. It's the meaning you give an event. You could give it once and you will have the feeling. I suppose I would probably tell myself it's going to happen to me. That's right. It's the meaning you give events that cause all your feelings. And the meaning you give events come from your beliefs. That's why we want to get rid of your beliefs. Yeah. yeah. But if you want to throw something, the reason I'm doing this on this podcast is if you want to throw something out, you want to get rid of something or you want to downsize and you feel something, stop and ask yourself, what just happened? I thought about downsizing. I thought about giving away this thing. What meaning did I give it? I'm never going to have another one. What else could it mean? It could mean I'm going to get a better one. Could mean I'm creating space to have my life turn out. But the fact that I'm giving it away has no inherent meaning. The fact that I'm downsizing doesn't mean I'll never have a big house. It doesn't mean I'll never be happy. It doesn't mean I need five bedrooms to be happy. The events have no inherent meaning. So I got rid of my very, you know, my big house. And we went bankrupt and lost our house in Connecticut. We had a 3,000 square foot house with a swimming pool and we lost everything and went bankrupt. I was crying and my husband said, what's wrong? Why are you crying? And I said, are are you insane? (laughs) I'm losing our house. We're losing everything. He said, Shelly, we're not losing everything. We have each other. And then he looked at me and he said, if we had to live on an island and eat coconuts, would you be happy? And I said, yeah. He said, so what are you crying about? (laughs) Obviously, we're not going to live on an island and eat coconuts, but worst case scenario, we'd be happy. Yeah. The fact that we were losing our house wasn't fun. I wasn't, I didn't love it, but it didn't mean I'd never be happy again. And it didn't mean I couldn't be happier in a smaller house. And it didn't mean I needed a pool to be happy. And when you do that, when you get Meaning is in your mind. It's not in the events. The emotion goes away. Now, it will keep coming back if you don't get rid of the belief that causes it. So now take a deep breath and imagine giving the same events different meaning. Imagine thinking, well, the fact that my my grandparents got it and people tell me I'm going to get it doesn't mean anything. And if I exercise and eat well and stay calm and live a good life, I won't get it. My whole family had a diabetes. My grandparents on both sides, my mother's brother had it, my father had it. I said, you know what? I'm not getting it. So far, so good. Oh, God, I'm glad. And I'm almost home. Oh, I don't know. I hope not. I don't know about that. Yeah, I hope not too. Oh. 
I would, my first thought when you say all this, cause I love it. And it makes me realize maybe how much I've been carrying around that I didn't know I was carrying around. Cause I just want to cry right now. <laughs> um, but so if you had given the same events, different meaning, would you have ever have had that feeling? No, no. Okay. Now take a deep breath. <sighs> Say, I'm going to get Alzheimer's. I'm going to get Alzheimer's. Is that true? No, it doesn't have to be, but I can still feel there's a little bit of resistance in there. Okay. Did you ever see I am going to get Alzheimer's? No, no. So where did that belief come from? From me, from my mind. You made it up. Yeah, yeah. Now take a deep breath. Now there may be another belief there. I don't know, but say it one more time. I'm going to get Alzheimer's. I don't know. <laughs> Is that the truth? No. No, it's not the truth. No. Now, again, That's... if I was working with you, I'd see what other beliefs you have, you know, that might be yeah, yeah. But if everybody gets, you never saw, you know, I'll never have anything or I have to hold on to things to be safe or Whatever belief you have, when you get, when you get, you never saw that, you made it up, that belief goes away. And that the events that you concluded that, you know, and I'd like to do beliefs like I'm not good enough or I'm not important, or you may have seen your parents totally ignore you as a kid. And you can see that, but you can't see I'm not important. Right. That makes sense. And, uh, I love that it's kind of crazy. Uh, and this is something I, I, I try to emphasize and talk about a lot is that when we hang on to clutter, you know, really letting go so much more. And so I don't think anybody listening, most of all myself, would have had that idea that me hanging on to clutter was attached to a fear of, you know, Alzheimer's, you know, and it just goes to show, you know, there can be so much we let go of when we allow ourselves to let go of it. And it's an internal and external thing. Um, My question for you, because this is the first thing that comes up, especially when we're talking about diseases like diabetes and Alzheimer's Mm -hmm. uh, is we are living in a constant stream, an information overload. Mm -hmm. Uh, What do you tell people or what do you recommend for, you know, shutting that out? Because I think, when we're trying to let go of these beliefs and you've got research says that I'm going to, or the statistics say that I'm, you know, how do you silence that? Well, two things. Number one, stop listening to the news, (laughs) but you don't want to put your head in the sand either. So, you know, if, if you listen to like my friend, Mark Hyman, you know, um, has a a podcast called the doctor's pharmacy with an F pharmacy. And um, he is a big researcher and he says, you know, there's a lot of information that if you exercise, you know, you can be healthier. Makes sense to me. Right. Yeah. So if something makes sense to you, and if you can do it and be proactive, that's much better than listening to gloom and doom. 
because people, first of all, research, and here's where beliefs again come in. You cannot believe everything everybody tells you. Research about calcium is generally subsidized by the dairy companies. So they're going to tell you that milk is the best way to get calcium. And we all know that that's not true anymore. You know, so there are there are all kinds of research out there that are funded by the people who want you to think a certain thing, right? I will tell you that when my husband had cancer, he didn't want to do, you know, traditional treatment. And we, and I, and I don't um, uh, prescribe that at all. You have cancer, you take care of it. But we went to see this cancer doctor who does chemo, but he does it very differently than most doctors do it. And he was telling us that they, the inside, the people inside the cancer industry know they don't want to cure cancer. It is a multi-billion dollar business. And there are people who've had their labs destroyed because they were on the verge of creating some cure that nobody was going to make money on, (laughs) you know, like eat seaweed or, you know, something. And so be careful of what you believe. And particularly now with AI and all the the things they're, they're able to do. But we have politicians who talk and everybody believes, you know, that follow them, you know, I don't want to step on any toes, lightning rod rods here, third rails. But, you know, there are politicians who swear the election is stolen. You know, that doesn't mean it was. <laughs> you know, there are politicians who want to put fear into you so that you'll vote for them so that they can take care of you and keep you safe. So just because somebody tells you something, and I don't care if it's your doctor, I don't care if it's you know, something you read online, it doesn't mean it's true at all, at all, you know? So you have to just, we have beliefs that we formed when we were little, which is our self-esteem beliefs, but we have beliefs that we're forming all day, like, oh God, you know, um, Flying is dangerous and there's crashes and there's blah, blah, blah. I have friends who live on airplanes. They're always on airplanes. You know, I've traveled a lot. You know, even with COVID, here's the powerful thing about beliefs. My mother told me when I was little, we don't catch things in our family. And germs are all that's nonsense. And we don't get sick. And we don't get depressed. Okay. I believed her. Now, so far, when COVID-1 happened, my have a daughter in Hawaii and a grandson who I go see every three months. And I hadn't seen him in nine months because she couldn't fly. And one day I got up and I said, you know what? I don't get sick. I don't catch things. I'm going to Hawaii. I put on two masks. I went to Hawaii. I ended up staying there for three months. (laughs) It was the best thing I ever did. And so far, I haven't gotten COVID. Right? So I don't know. You know, seems like I have very, very, very good beliefs. 
My immune system is very strong. My mother told me that. And, you know, I'm 73 and I work out and I play pickleball twice a day, you know, and I go to the gym and I lift weights and I'm good. So our beliefs are very powerful. Even our beliefs about health. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. I love that. And that's, I am. So do you, I suppose I, when you're talking about this, especially childhood, I can think of people uh, in my life who, as a kid, you know, it wasn't even just stuff I observed. It was stuff I was told a lot, you know, that kind of thing. Um, a lot of fears. And, and I got to, I've gotten to a point in adulthood, which I'm thankful for, where I think it helped me. I heard so much gloom and doom type of talk that I got to a point that was like, oh my gosh, none of that stuff ever actually happens. People just worry about it. So it's helped me shut out a lot. Um, but I think we're in an age right now where people are talking about, you know, um, knowing if they are being around toxic family members or people who kind of bring them down. Do you think if we have someone like that in our life, someone who is all gloom and doom, and maybe um, if we're working to shed these beliefs, but it feels like that person is kind of um, spiking up that fear or that resistance or adding to our beliefs. Do you think limiting contact or do you think kind of using that person as a chance to um, get better at? Well, so yeah. We have to be very, it's a great question. We have to be very careful about our language. So when you say they make us feel or they bring us down, you give them all the power that they don't really have. Okay. okay. They don't bring you down and they don't make you feel. The meaning you give what they do and say does. Yeah. Now, having said that, if you have a toxic person in your life and it's not a family member, no brainer. Gone with the wind. I have zero toxic people in my life. Now, if it's a family member, that's complicated. The first thing you do is learn how to dissolve any meaning that you give what they say. Okay, my brother can be very insensitive sometimes and he can say things and he can talk and not listen and blah, blah, blah. I just don't give it meaning. He doesn't love me. He doesn't care about me. I just don't do that anymore. So that's the first thing. Now, you may want to limit contact if it's a parent and they're very critical or, you know, I had a friend whose father was an alcoholic. He was abusive and a racist. And she couldn't stand being around him. And she really went, you know, up against, do I want to cut my father out of my life? That's a question only you can answer. There's not a should or shouldn't on that for me on that. That's very, very personal. Now, I teach people at what cost. At what cost are you going to have them in your life? If your parent is, you know, um, a pedophile, you don't leave them alone with your kids. You just don't. If your parent is emotionally abusive, you don't leave them alone with your kids. 
right? Or you can say, you, it's not okay for you to speak to me that way. If you speak to me that way, I will leave the room. I will leave the house. You may not, and you can create boundaries for yourself. And if they speak to you in a way you don't want to be spoken to, you go, ah, ah, ah. nope, 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 nope. You'll either say positive things to me or don't speak. And you may sit in a room with them and not talk because <laughs> they don't know how to say positive things. So no matter what it is, you know, I knew somebody, it's interesting, I had a client who was a hoarder and she wouldn't let anybody come into her house. And I said, so we got rid of the belief what makes me good enough is having other people think well of me. That was the belief that ran my life. When I got rid of that belief, I got my life. So, and, and if you, if you go to eliminate beliefs.com, you can eliminate a belief for free. And then it will take you to a product called natural confidence, where you can eliminate 19 of the most common self-esteem beliefs with an interactive video. So you don't have to work with me. You don't have, you could do it at your leisure, but it's very, very, very powerful product. So if you have the, and what, and this belief is on there, what makes me good enough is having other people think well of me. You get rid of that belief, Renee, and you can let people in your house and say, yeah, I have an issue. I know I'm a hoarder. Yeah. But it doesn't mean anything about you anymore. Yeah. And I'm not saying don't get rid of the problem, but if you have the problem, it doesn't have to ruin your life. Yeah, that's huge. And I think even, um, even for not hoarders, for just, um, you know, busy families who that, we have to clean up. We have to have. That's a- right. Why? You have children. You have a life. I want my house to look lived in. People live yeah. here. It's not a museum. Right. I tell people that. And here's another thing about downsizing. I had a client who had the belief, what makes me good enough is being successful and having a lot of money and a big house. And so people were impressed when they came in and went, wow, this is really gorgeous. Meanwhile, they couldn't afford to live there anymore. His business was doing terribly. He was hemorrhaging money, but he couldn't let go of this big house because he thought that was what made him worthwhile. And when he got rid of that belief, he downsized. I love that. So that was kind of... um our family downsized and very similar story. Um, my belief, which I've come to understand more was if I have a big house, I have a happy family. Um, because I remember like watching uh, father of the bride and Steve Martin has this big speech about the wonderfulness of the house. So my brain was like, Oh, the house is what you need to have a happy home. Uh, and so that was something that we went through, but it's funny because I realized I maybe um, stopped caring what other people thought, but never went far enough 
to release the belief of what other people think of me, you know, has no weight on my value. So I love that. It's taking it a step further than I even realized. Mm -hmm. I need to (laughs) reevaluate, see if it's still lingering there. Um, But that's, that's um, amazing. So thank you for sharing all of this has been awesome. Yay. Boy, it went fast. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Maybe for you, <laughs> I feel like I went into a twilight zone. I need to just spend an hour in meditative state. Just, I've got my notebook here. I'm like, I got to write down all of the beliefs that I'm hanging on to. So Shelly, for anybody else, I know you've given um, some resources, but what would the great next steps be for anybody who is like me right now and is ready to roll up their sleeves and get down to figuring out what they're hanging on to? How yeah, can they so- you and connect with you? Yeah. So go to eliminatebeliefs.com and eliminate a belief and then either buy the natural confidence program, which is $200 and it's the best value on the planet. Um, Or you can find me at Lefko in L-E-F-K-O-E, lefkoinstitute.com. And if you want to go further than your self-esteem beliefs and really look at what's in the way of you, um, doing and having and being all that you want to be doing have. Um, Then you can go to Lefko Institute and you'll find out about sessions and me and all that. Oh, great. Thank you so much. Because they hold you back. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, I'll make sure to link to all of that in the show notes so that you guys can access that. But thank you, Shelly, so much for my private little healing session. I just go with, you know, I just download, you know, what to do. And um, it just came to me to do that. So, you know, that's not a belief I want you walking around with. And I want to, you know, it's it's always good to show everybody how it works and how powerful it is. And you don't have to suffer with these beliefs because they go away like that. This morning, I worked with somebody who has her own business. She's in England. She's breathtakingly gorgeous. And... Um, her sister did better in school than she did. And um, uh, her mom did too much for her and her dad criticized her. And she had the belief, I'm stupid and I'm not capable. And it was stopping her, you know, even though she created her own business and she created a great product and everything. And she got rid of it in one session and it's gone. And that will be a game changer for sure. Yeah. Well, that's one of mine as well. So <laughs> that's really great to hear. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much, Shelly. Yeah. Anybody who wants to take it to the next step, make sure you check out those links in the show notes so you can continue to connect with Shelly. Thanks for having me, Renee. Uh, thank you for being here. Hey again. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today on the Unstuffed podcast. It means so much that you chose to carve out some of your precious time just to hang out with me. If you aren't quite ready for our time to end, head to the show notes where you can grab my free declutter checklist, join my newsletter subscription, and connect with me on some of your favorite social platforms. Sending you so much love. Until next time.